Hi, welcome again to another podcast of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's where we discuss, where we challenge our faith, where we try to uh, really try to focus on what the Scripture says to help us grow, to become uh, the best versions of ourselves for the Lord. If you were studying with us last week, we discussed the topic of self-examination. We discussed how it's very easy to look at someone else. It's very easy to look at what other people are doing and to scrutinize what they're doing, but it's very hard to see yourself in a bad light. It's very hard to scrutinize or to examine yourself. And we examine how we really need to take a look at ourselves and how that's our job to fix what's wrong with us. And so you know, we discuss how uh, we can do that, how the scripture calls us to do that. It's not a divine suggestion. It's a divine command from God. This week, what we're going to discuss on when the scriptures become real, we're going to talk about failure. We're going to talk about failing. Uh, a lot of people don't like to talk about that subject because they don't like to fail. Um, a lot of people like to be comfortable. A lot of people like to only see the successful days, see the good days, uh, see the great days. Uh, but in order to get there, you got to fail. You know, you got to know what not to do. You know, and failure, you know, it's a lesson. You know, we learn from all of our failures. And I looked at a couple uh, quotes earlier, and it goes on perfectly with what we're going to talk about today in failure. And there's actually a couple that I want to read because I couldn't just pick one. But this one, it says, sometimes it takes a really good fall to really know where you stand. That. That's just really good, too. Sometimes we just we really need to fall and see where we're at. And so we can reevaluate. Um, another one says uh, failure is not the opposite of success. It's actually a part of success. And so, it, you know, if you don't fail, you, you won't succeed. How do you how do you know? So you, you got to fail. And one more here. It says, number one, never let success get to your head and never let failure get to your heart. That's that's so perfect right there too. And when I was thinking about failure today, obviously you you know, you start to think about your own failures. I started to think about, you know, my own failures. But one person in the scripture that I thought was perfect for this topic um was the apostle Peter. You know, and and people in a sense really don't see him as as failing. But other than Judas, who obviously betrayed Christ, Peter is really the only one where his failures are magnified multiple times, where he showed lack of faith, where he showed distrust in the Lord, where he basically abandoned the Lord. You know, it really hones in. And like the Bible said, it really scrutinizes, in a sense, Peter's failures, but again, later on in the scripture, it shows that through those failures, he had success because he became an elder in the church and he began to teach um, those certain values and virtues that a Christian needs that he failed in before as a young man. And now as an older man, as an elder, he can now teach those in the church how not to be like he was when he was younger. You know, I always thought, you know, when you're studying the scripture, Sometimes when I was younger, I used to think, well, what what Bible character, you know, was I? What Bible character do I relate to in Scripture? And now at this age, at 25, I really find myself just in a self-examination. 
I really find myself more like a Peter, more than anyone in the scripture. Because Peter, he always had good intentions in what he was trying to do in whatever situation he put himself in. He never tried to hurt anyone, but he always had the best of intentions. But Peter, sometimes going about that, didn't do it the right way. And sometimes he he took up a little bit more than he can take. And sometimes he just showed lack of faith. But even even so, Peter always had the right heart. He always repented. He always tried to get right with Christ and tried to do exactly what Christ wanted him to do. Sometimes he jumped the gun. Sometimes he tried he tried to go a little bit ahead of Christ. But he found his way back all the time. And so let, let's get into this with Peter. I think it's going to be a great study. And if you have your Bibles, let's start off just looking at some of Peter's failures and how the, the Bible describes it. If you go to Matthew uh, chapter 16, Matthew chapter 16, and we'll start there. Now, I want you to remember here this is where Christ, you know, basically establishes his kingdom and he gives Peter the keys. Now, remember, he tells Peter in Matthew sixteen eighteen, And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter and upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And then remember in Acts chapter two, Peter has basically has the keys and, and preaches the first gospel sermon there in Acts chapter two. But I want you to notice Right after, sometimes we forget that this happens right after he receives the keys of the kingdom. If you go down to verse 20, this is what the Bible says of Matthew 16. Then charge he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. And from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how he might go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Here we go, verse 22. Then Peter took him, took Christ. Now remember, Christ told the disciples what was going to happen. I, I'm going to be killed. But notice, Peter jumps the gun again, tries to run ahead of the plans. Then Peter took him, and he began to rebuke him, and say, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. So, we have to ask ourselves a few questions here. Whose plan was this from the beginning of time for Christ to come and to die for our sins? It was God's divine, perfect plan. Now, Christ tells his disciples, including Peter, who follows him, this is God's plan, and I'm about to execute this plan. Then verse 22, then Peter being rash and brash as he was, he took Christ and he began to rebuke Christ and say, be it far from thee, Lord. Basically, in a sense, Peter was saying, I don't want this to fulfill God's plan. Well, Jordan, that's really harsh. How do you know that's what he meant? Well, we'll, we'll go in the scripture if we keep if we keep studying and notice he says, this shall not be unto thee. Watch this. I can't, I can't imagine this. Can you imagine Peter when Jesus is telling him this, literally just grabbing Christ and saying, no, this is not happening to you. And then verse 22, if you can imagine, but he turned talking about Christ and he said unto Peter, 
Get behind me, Satan. You see, that's not that's not harsh like we talked about in verse 20 and verse 22. Well, how do you know that he was trying to you know, mess up the Lord's plans? Because God knew that Christ knew it. He said, you need to get behind me, Satan. I know that you care for me. I know that. And he knew that. But Christ knew that if anyone, even his loved ones that followed him, including Peter, no one was going to stop him from fulfilling God's plan. And anyone close to him or not close to him that tried to get in the way of God's plan was Satan. And so Jesus could say, Peter, get behind me, Satan. You're not going to stop me from fulfilling this plan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things of God, but those that be of men. You see, Jesus knew the heart. Jesus said, you don't savor the plan. You just want me to stay here. But there's a bigger plan than for me just to stay here with you. There's a bigger plan that God has had for me, and I'm going to fulfill that plan. And so again, Peter here, very brash. But did Peter have good intentions? I would assume so. I would assume Peter had the good intentions of not wanting his, his, one of his best friends to leave him. But even so, the Lord said, the, Lord, the Lord's plan comes before you, Peter. And it comes before all my other disciples, too. And so the Lord said, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me. And so that's one of the first examples of, of Peter kind of getting in the way of, of the Lord's plan. Kind of being a little, a little brash of what the Lord wanted to do. Um, but if we continue, let's go to Luke chapter 21. This one's huge. This is a big one. In Luke chapter 22, now remember here, this is when uh, Jesus is here with his disciples and he's about to tell them that, you know, he's going to be crucified. But I want you to notice what happens here. If you go to Luke chapter 22 and let's start. Uh, around verse number, let's see where we want to start. Oh, verse 30. Now look what the, the scripture says here. Uh, let's, let's actually start in verse, verse 29. And I appoint unto you a kingdom as my father hath appointed unto me, that ye may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on the thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, again, just to get a little more context, this is right after kind of the last supper right after uh, Christ is there with his disciples one last time telling him about the basically telling him about the Lord's Supper now in verse 31 and the Lord said unto Simon 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 behold Satan hath desired to have you and to sift you as wheat but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, thou shalt strengthen thy brethren. We're going to come back to that verse. That's really important. But I want you to notice verse 33. And he said unto him, talking about Peter, Lord, I'm ready to go with you. There he is, Peter being great, great intentions again, great heart that Peter had. But again, trying to get in the way of the plan. Lord, I'm ready to go with thee, both unto prison and unto death. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before thou shalt thrice 
deny that thou knowest me. And he said, when I sent you without a person, script and shoes, let you anything? And they said nothing. Then he said unto them, but now he that hath a purse, let him take it. Likewise his script, and he hath no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. Um, for I say unto you that this is written, that ye may be accomplished in me. And he was reckoned among the transgressors for the things concerning me have an end. Now he tells Peter, you will deny me three times. Can you imagine Peter hearing that? Lord, how can I deny you? I've been following you for three years. I've been doing what you want me to do for three years. How, how, can, I, how can I deny you three times? I can imagine those are the thoughts that are going on in Peter's mind. But let's go down to the rest of the chapter. Let's jump down uh, to around verse 54. Now, remember, Judas had already betrayed Christ by the time we get to verse 54. He had already betrayed him with the kiss, and Christ was already taken, and the disciples had already fled from him. Now, verse 54, then they took him, talking about Christ, and led him and brought him into a high priest's house, and Peter followed afar off. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. And a certain maid said unto him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him. And he said, this man was also with him. 57. But he denied him, saying, woman, I know him not. Number one. 58. And after a little while, another saw him and said, thou art also of them. And Peter said, man, I am not denied him twice 59 and about the space of one hour after confidently affirmed saying of a truth of a truth i know i saw you with him for he's a galilean oh look what peter does verse 60 and peter said man i know not what he saith." and immediately while he yet spake the cock crew three times And here's something that's so profound in verse 61. And then the Lord turned and he looked unto Peter. And then Peter remembered the word of the Lord. How he said unto him before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. I can't imagine being Peter right now. You just said, remember, this is about a span of an hour. You said an hour ago that you would never deny him. Then when you're put in the the situation, you deny him three times. And then the Lord just looks unto you. Can you imagine? You know, I remember as a child, you know, when you've done something wrong, That when your parents or whoever raised you, when they give you that look of straight disappointment and they really don't have to say anything. But when you know that look of disappointment where, you know, you messed up and you just feel like the worst person on the earth, you you know, that's just a a bad feeling. But let's just let's just times that by a hundred. Imagine God himself, Christ on earth after you said you wouldn't deny him and you denied him three times and and in some accounts 
That third time it said Peter cursed and said he didn't know him. And just immediately when the cock crows and you just turn around and it's like a parent, but God himself is looking at you in straight disappointment. I can't imagine being Peter. And he, the Bible just simply says, and he wept bitterly. He wept. You know, sometimes I always wondered, and, and I think we'll answer this question soon as we continue to study. But why did the scripture seems like it always singled out Peter? There's so many accounts of when Peter failed. He was trying to do the right thing. Yes. But in trying to do the right thing, Peter fell so many times. And again, we can we can talk about remember when when Christ walked on on water, who was the first one who wanted to go out there? Peter. He goes out, keeps his eyes focused on Christ for a while, then starts to look around him and starts to fall. Christ pulled him uh, by the hand. Oh, ye of little faith. Always kind of, in a sense, exposed Peter of of his faults. But if we look later, we'll we'll see how that actually helped. But I can't imagine being Peter, just having Christ look at you and saying, I failed. I failed. And essentially, as, as Christians, do you know that's what happens when, when we sin against Christ? Remember, when we're baptized into Christ, we make an oath. We make a promise. Just as Peter said unto Christ, I won't deny you. We make the same promise. Lord, I will follow you no matter what. I will follow you. But then we sometimes we fall and sometimes we fail. Sometimes we let him down. Sometimes we let others down. And sometimes Christ basically in a sense gives us that same look every time we sin and we fail him. But do we have the heart of Peter? Do we do we weep bitterly when we sin? Remember, the Bible says right after that. Peter remembered. He knew he shouldn't have done that. And he wept bitterly. But later on, he repents. Do we do that when we sin? You know, sometimes we just, we have to recognize our own sin. And sometimes, you know, we have to take it personally, just as Peter did. You know, I sinned against God. I sinned against the creator. I sinned against the person who saved my soul. I need to weep bitterly over my sin. Lord, I'm so sorry for what I've done. You see, I think we would take sin more seriously if we realize what sin did to Christ or what sin does to him. You know, there's so many examples. Remember, we're in a relationship with God. And there's so many examples of, of any type of relationship. You can talk about um you know, you can talk about a, a, a parent-child relationship. You can talk about husband-wife relationship. You can talk about a dating relationship. But when you fail and when you you disappoint the other person, you don't you don't want to see that person disappointed. And you you try your hardest not to do what you did again. But we need to take it like that with Christ. Every time I sin, I disappoint him. And I don't want to make the person who saved my soul, the person who came down from heaven to die a cruel death like no one will ever die again. 
and I disappoint him. You know, I, I never want to do that. And I, I think you don't want to do that either. And I think it, we really need to change our mindset when we talk about sin. And, and, you know, I'm speaking to myself, too. I think we would do it a little bit less if we realize really what it did to the person who loved us more than a, than a boyfriend could love us, love us more than a girlfriend, love us more than a father, love us more than a mother could love us. And that those are intense loves there. But Christ loves us more than all those people could love us in a thousand lifetimes. And sometimes we really have to recognize what sin really does to him. And so remember, we're talking about failure. We're talking about failing. And Peter, and all those occasions that we just mentioned and that we studied about, Peter failed. Peter didn't do it right. Peter didn't get it. He didn't, he didn't do it. He had great intentions, but he just, he just didn't finish. But I want you to notice, remember, before Christ ascends, he tells Peter three times, do you love me? <clears throat> and Peter says, yes, you know I love you. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Yes, I love you. Peter, do you love me? Yes, feed my sheep. You know, Christ was telling him, you are going to be an elder. You're going to have to lead my people. But what if Peter, what if he didn't make those mistakes that he did? Would he have been the elder that he could have been if he didn't make those mistakes? You see, and I want to say this as a side note to any leader, whether you're um, training to be a preacher, whether you are a preacher, uh, whether you're an elder, whether you're a deacon, uh, whether you're a member. Here's one piece of advice um, that I'll get that's that comes from the scripture. Sometimes when you're in a position of leadership, in terms of being an elder, being a deacon, being a preacher of the gospel, you don't want to be seen as, as a failure. You don't want to be seen as I've made a mistake. You don't want to be seen as I did this wrong. But sometimes you have to be humble enough to say I did this wrong. Sometimes you have to tell the congregation, hey, yeah, I should have done better this way. Should do this better. And there's one profound moment that I saw one time. I was saw a preacher one time get up, a preacher of the congregation. Um, someone else preached that morning, and, and he got up, and he responded to the invitation. And he said he should have been doing this better and should have been doing this better. Sometimes we forget that those men in leadership aren't perfect. They're literally just like us, but they just devoted themselves to the Bible and to the Scripture. You know, sometimes we have to realize that they're just like, yes, they're fallible. I'm fallible. Every preacher that has ever lived and that ever will live is fallible. Every teacher, every instructor is fallible. And we've all made mistakes and we've all did things that we don't, we aren't proud of. But we all need help from each other. And, you know, that's just a, just a little side note there. But I want to look at one last thing here just to see Peter's progression through the years. If you go to 1 Peter, now remember he's an elder at this point. And it, actually 2 Peter, I'm sorry. If you go to 2 Peter, now remember he's telling the brethren some of the things that we need as Christians. And in verse 5 of 2 Peter, he says this, And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. And to virtue, knowledge, and a knowledge, temperance, 
and a temperance patience, and a patience godliness, and a godliness brotherly kindness, and a brotherly kindness charity. And if these things be in you and abound, that they may make you that ye neither that uh, ye may neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. If Peter didn't make those mistakes, would he have knowledge and virtue? If Peter, if he didn't make those mistakes, would he have temperance and would he have patience? If Peter didn't make those mistakes, would he have godliness? Would he have brotherly kindness? Would he have charity? You see, Peter, those mistakes were magnified so he can become better. His flaws were exposed so he can get better. And I think Christ knew that. And Christ knew that he had to be on Peter because he knew that Peter had greatness in him. And sometimes, you know, that's what we have to do. We have to fall. And Peter fell multiple times. But look what he became. He became an elder. He became a writer of those two books and he helped people. That's amazing. You know, our failures and what we fail in. I challenge you, don't look at your failures as final. Don't look at your failures like they define you. Use your failures and help somebody else. Remember what Christ said after he told Peter that Satan desires to have you as wheat. But then he says, I have prayed for you. And then he said, once you're converted, once you learn from your mistakes and once you learn, then strengthen your brethren. You know, that's our entire mission as a Christian. That's our entire mission. I'm speaking to myself as a preacher of the gospel. When I fall and when I fail and when I have transgressed against God, when I'm converted, when I learn from my falls, when I learn from my failures, and when I learn from my sins, then when I'm converted, now it's my job and it's your job to help someone else and to strengthen someone else. And that's what Jesus told Peter. When you're converted, when you learn, now it's your job to strengthen. And he said, God said, Jesus said, I'm praying for you. I don't know what type of failures you've gone through lately. I don't know what um, things you struggle with. But if you're a Christian, Jesus is doing the same thing to you that he did to Peter. Number one, he's praying for you no matter what you're going through. No matter how impossible or how hard things look right now, he's praying for you. And then number two, he wants you to be converted. He wants you to learn from your faults. He wants you to learn from your failures. And then number three, once you're done with those two, then he wants you to strengthen somebody else. Now you help somebody else so they won't go through that. It's, a, it's an amazing, if you, and in a sense, I have air quotes up, it's like a recycle process. It's over and over and over again. And that's our goal and that's our mission. And so failure, it helps lead to success. In this life, 
in our physical lives, but failure also helps in our spiritual lives too. Sometimes we got to learn from our mistakes. No one is perfect and no one uh, that is described as perfect is. We're not. We're all fallible and we all can get better. And that's what failure is. Failure helps you to get better. Failure is a part of that molding process to get you from this point to where God wants you to be. But you got to fail. You got to find the ways that it doesn't work. And so then you can strengthen your brethren. And so for us, the scripture becomes real when we fail. Because when we fail, it's just a part of who we are. Then it helps us to succeed. That was a a great study for me today. Um, I needed to hear that, especially with with failure. You know, people take failure really to heart a lot of times and people take success to, to, to heart. You know, when you succeed, you know, don't let it, you know, let you get the big head when you succeed. But then when you fail, don't let it get to your heart. Keep going. And so that's the podcast for today. Um, basically, the, the same uh, announcements. Again, the app is continue to get to get done. You know, I'm looking for a host right now, but uh, that should be done in the very, very near future. Um, also, uh, again, please follow on Twitter at PewJ25. Uh, that's when the scriptures become real page there. You can also follow on LinkedIn. Jordan Pew, just look my name up on LinkedIn. You can also listen on YouTube. Just look up when the scriptures become real podcast and you can like it and subscribe there. And you can also listen on SoundCloud. Um, if you like what you hear, please share, um, retweet, do what you have to do to share. Um, so we can all listen and, and grow and, and help our faith so we can all get to heaven together. All right. We'll see you all on the next podcast.